You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. through the storms of life, we need to keep our focus on Christ. Because the only thing that's changed in your life is the storm. Christ hasn't changed. Christ is still on the throne. He hasn't changed at all. His character, His nature, His love, His grace, His mercy, none of that has changed. The only thing that's changed is you're now in a storm. When the storms of life come our way, it can be very hard to keep focused on what truly matters. In today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus when trials come into your life. When Peter walked out into the stormy waters towards Jesus, he walked on water until he doubted Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 5. As he continues his message, the disciples get a pop quiz. You are verse 17, it says that Jesus hadn't come to them yet, which means they expected Jesus. They expected him to come along. And I'm sure now the more the wind blew, the more nervous they got. And the thought of rowing into the storm was not the best solution, especially since Jesus wasn't there yet. Now you have to remember, according to the harmonies, this is the second time that they're going to be in a storm on a boat. This is the second time that they're going to be in a storm on a boat. Matthew records this in Matthew 8. But Jesus was present with them at that time. He was asleep at the front of the boat. He was there with them. And they went and woke him up. The disciples seemed to trust in him when he was there. But Jesus was trying to teach him to trust in him when he wasn't there. To trust in him beyond belief when he wasn't in their midst. Jesus was preparing them for a time when he would no longer be with them. He was preparing them that we could read this so that we might know that Jesus is always with us even though he might not be here physically. So the disciples were left on their own, so they thought. So the storm is fast approaching. The waves are getting bigger. I'm sure one of the fishermen who said, we can't wait any longer. We got to get out of here. He told us that we need to go, so let's go. And it probably was Mr. Impatient, Mr. Impetuous Peter. He probably said, we got to get out of here. Come on, let's go. Yeah, we all can relate to Peter. So they begin rowing to sea in the dark. The wind is howling. The waves are already crashing against the boat. They obeyed Jesus' command. They did exactly what he told them to do. They head out towards Capernaum. So by faith... They passed the first part of the test. They obeyed the master's command. They obeyed Jesus' command. You know, sometimes we're sent into the storm. Sometimes Jesus actually sends us into the storm. But he's always faithful to be with us in the midst of the storm. He's always faithful to be there when we need him. Always. Now, many of us, myself included, would rather avoid the storm. 
We would rather that the storm didn't come. Or I would be the one, do we have to go out now? I didn't take my drama mean. Don't be nasty out there. Do we have to go out now? Can't we wait a while, like until three weeks from now? But sometimes the test is to go into the storm. And by faith, know that the outcome will be according to God's purpose, which is always good. God's purpose is always good for our lives, no matter what it might look like to us. It's always good. Look at verse 18. And the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. Now it's at full force. This, whatever's happening, is a full force. Listen to the scripture in Matthew's account. Tossed by the waves because the wind was contrary. That's the New King James. The um, NASB says battered by the waves. So this was quite a storm. This was no small blow. This was a, quite a storm. I wonder, as they're in there, if Peter didn't say, wait a minute, somebody wake up Jesus. Oh, yeah, he's not here. I wonder if they did that. They had to face the storm by themselves. They had to trust where was Jesus? Where's Jesus? According to Mark, like a good teacher, he was on the mountaintop looking at the boys. Go get them, guys. I'm praying for you. He was seeing how his guys were doing. He saw that they were having an easy time. Mark tells us that they were straining at the oars because they were going into the wind. You know, when you row a boat, you have your back to where you're going. And they were straining into the oars because the wind was blowing so hard against them. I wonder what was going through their mind. I'm sure some of them were going, yeah, get in the boat and row. Yeah, sure, we'll do it. No different than we are when we go through a storm. I'm sure all of you go through a storm and say, oh, Jesus is great. Jesus is fine. No, I've seen some of you in the midst of your storms. Yeah, you've seen me in the midst of some of my storms. Lord, get me out and get me out now. That's what they were doing. They were straight. They were struggling. Verse 19, so when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. The disciples are rowing with all their strength right into the wind. They're not moving very fast because the wind is blowing right against them. The waves are crashing into the boat. Somebody probably is bailing while they're rowing. It's crazy. It must have been a wild time. The wind is howling, and all of a sudden they look out in the sea, and they see this figure approaching them. Can you imagine them rolling? You see that? Oh, no, I don't see anything. Look harder. Oh, I don't see anything. Yeah, there's somebody out there. There's something out there. Who is that? And you know what is crazy, Mark? And Matthew said that Jesus was trying to overtake the boat. So he must have really been motivating, man. He must have been really walking, trying to overtake the boat as they were trying to row. They see this figure approaching, and they became scared. Matthew and Mark say well, they thought it was a ghost. I guess so. I would be scared too. What's that in the mountain in the middle of the water? Where is his boat? Why is he not in a boat? What's going on? I would be scared too. Pick up the oars so we have something to hit it with. They didn't know what it was, but it was coming at them. They were afraid. Mark adds this remarkable detail in Je about Jesus. He was meant to pass them by. Jesus actually wanted to walk right by them. He wanted to walk right by them. It's as if he wanted them to trust in him, and just the vision of him would give them the strength that they needed and the assurance. Jesus was helping them in the midst of the pop quiz. He was helping them in the midst of He was giving him a clue. He was giving them a hint. He was giving them assurance that he was with them, and they were not to be afraid. And look at verse 20. These words, I don't know about you, but I've needed to hear these words sometimes going through a storm. 
I've needed to hear these words in verse 20. But he, Jesus, said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Oh, my gosh. They heard his voice in the midst of the storm. Jesus appears to them walking on the water. He relieves their fears and their frustrations. And in the midst of the storms of your life, Jesus knows your struggle. He sees your pain. He knows the perfect time to come to you. He knows the perfect time to be there and say, hey, it's me. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm here. Jesus comes to bring us help. He comes to bring us comfort. He comes just when we need him the most. Remember, he's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. Just in the nick of time, Jesus shows up to comfort us, to help us, to get us through the midst of the storm. Jesus appears. I don't care what storm you're facing today. Jesus is ready to appear in the midst of your storm and say, don't be afraid. It's I. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Believe. Have faith. Have faith. Believe. See, this is what Jesus was testing for. It was after Jesus presented himself that we have that beautiful picture where Peter stands up and says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come on. And Peter gets out and walks on the water. You know that? You remember that? And as long as he was looking at Jesus, things were going rosy and he was walking. But all of a sudden the waves lapped around his feet. He got scared. He looked at the water and sank like a rock. Peter, Cyphus, the rock, he sank just like his name, man. As long as Peter's eyes were on the Lord, he was able to stay atop the water. But once he looked at the sea and took his eyes off Jesus, he sank. This is a great lesson for us to learn in the midst of the storm. Going through a storm today? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You're not going through a storm today? Keep your eyes on Jesus. I said, you're going through the storm, and some of you went, no, I'm not going through a storm. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, buckle up. <laughs> buckle up, bucko. The storm's on its way. Great lesson. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And might I add, when Jesus has bid you to come, get out of the boat. When Jesus bids you to come, get out of the boat. The sight of Jesus and his words had an instant effect on disciples. They were immediately comforted. They were immediately comforted. They knew that once Jesus arrived, they would be safe. I wonder if any of them thought of the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sometimes we're led into the storms. Sometimes we're led into the valley of the shadow of death. But Jesus does not leave us in the storm. He takes us through the storm. He takes us through the storm and gets us through it. What's interesting to me is that had the disciples been a little bit more perceptive, had they learned a little bit more about Jesus, they would have known that they carried the answer in the boat. Can anybody tell me what the disciples took with them? They didn't take batteries. They had 12 baskets of bread and fish that Jesus had multiplied. It was sitting right there in the boat. If they looked at him and gone, duh, look at that. If he provided all that for the multitude, you mean to tell me he's not in control of the storm? If they'd have seen that and had faith and know it and knew that Jesus was doing something mightily, this might have solved the entire problem. 
This might have solved the entire problem, but they didn't. They didn't. When they looked at the baskets, they should have realized that God who provided for all these people is the same God who will provide for them. Same God who will provide for them. God wouldn't let them fail in the middle of the storm. He wasn't going to let them be taken down. He wasn't going to let them taken down. This was proof that Jesus in his divine power had everything under control. Something that we need to know. They were too busy focused on the wind and the waves. They were too busy focused trying to keep the boat steady, trying to keep the boat on course. They were too busy looking at the circumstances of the storm instead of believing in the promises of God which were right before them. Oh, brothers and sisters, when we go through the storms of life, we need to keep our focus on Christ. Because the only thing that's changed in your life is the storm. Christ hasn't changed Christ is still on the throne. He hasn't changed at all. His character, his nature, his love, his grace, his mercy, none of that has changed. The only thing that's changed is you're now in a storm. We need to believe in the promises of God. We need to believe that God knows exactly what's happening and has control, even of the waves in the ocean. And remember, this is the second time. Remember when Jesus was in the boat? What did he do? He stood up and said, peace, boom, and the wave stopped. Many of us, many of us had mountaintop experiences with Jesus. We've gone into a test, and Jesus has shown up time and time and time again. And then when you get in a test, you're like, what do I do? We have the proof. We have the proof. We need to make a monument, remember? We need to make an Ebenezer. God has gotten me here so far, and he'll get me through. Look at 21. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. What's the implication here? The implication seems to imply that Jesus wouldn't come into the boat unless they willingly received him. You have to willingly receive Jesus into the midst of your storm. You have to willingly allow Jesus to come into the midst of the storm. Even when he was walking on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus waited to be welcomed by the disciples. And they received him into the boat. Another miracle happened. They reached the shore. It landed exactly where they were supposed to go. This was assurance to the disciples once again that Jesus was full of divine power, even though he did not claim the throne that the multitude wanted to give him. Jesus doesn't need an earthly throne to have his divine power. So let's apply it. Let's apply it to our lives so we can know that when these pop quizzes comes up in the form of storms, we know what to do. What's Jesus looking for in the midst of the storm? Somebody tell me what Luke 18.8 says. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Jesus is looking for faith. In the midst of your storm, are you looking for faith? Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you trusting in what he's doing, even though the circumstances and surroundings are telling you different? You know, we're told in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 24, that the signs of the end of the age would be the iniquity would run wild, and many would lack wax cold their love. Look around, folks. Look around at the world today. I don't think there's been a time in history where there's more temptation that is freely before us. 
Look at the media, television, movies, everywhere you look, the internet, phones, everywhere you look, there's temptation after temptation after temptation. We've been overexposed to the pleasures of the world. And we're trusting in those things to get us through the midst of our storms instead of trusting in the one who can get us through, the one who can see us through, Jesus Christ. The moral standards of the world have collapsed. There's a broad acceptance, and I call it the whatever works world. Well, whatever works for you, it's fine with me. No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. The love of many is waxing cold. And when Jesus comes, he's going to ask the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, genuine, true faith, trusting in his word? Sometimes God's allows storms in our lives. However, the storm is not meant to destroy you. The flood is not meant to drown you. And the fire is not meant to consume you. It's a test. It's a test of faith. It's the purpose is to purify your soul, to remove the negative and destructive thoughts that might be seeping in your head, to get your minds on God's mercy, God's grace, God's love, God's peace. And as we've been studying through 1 Samuel, we've seen God's refinement of David. God is putting David through the refining process in order to make him king of Israel. That's what God does to us in the midst of the storm. He refines us and gets us ready. The purpose of the storm is not necessarily found in the storm. The purpose isn't found in the storm. The purpose is found through the storm. The purpose is found through the storm. If we're patient, God will reveal that, that to us. We need to take hold of God's promises during the storm. And you'll find the strength you need to persevere. Not only will you find the strength to persevere, but you'll find the strength to minister to others and encourage others as they go through the storm. Amen. Minister and encourage those who are going through a storm right now. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He will see you through this storm. He will see you through this time. Get your eyes off the world. Get the eyes off your circumstances. Stop looking at what you think is right and look to what you know is true. Jesus Christ. God has a purpose for all things. And the Apostle Paul had it right when he said in Romans 8, 28, and we know that God works all things together for good, that those who love him are called according to his purpose. We forget those first three words, and we know. As Christians, we're supposed to know that. We're supposed to know that. Sometimes we're caught in a storm because of our own disobedience. Sometimes we're caught in a storm because we make our own storm. Let me give you one name, Jonah. He was caught in a problem because he made his own problem. He disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. There are also times when we're caught in a storm because we have obeyed the Lord. These guys obeyed the Lord. They did exactly what the Lord told them to do. And sometimes you will too. Do what the Lord has called you to do, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of a storm. It's a test. I feel like we should have a button like they do on TV. Or Tune in to your local Bible verse and find out what's going on in your life. It's a test. Like the disciples, we need to know that God is praying for us because that's what Jesus was doing on the mountain. He was looking down at his guys and he was praying, come on, guys, come on, guys, believe. Come on, believe. Have faith. It's going to be okay. 
Be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. This is a recipe when you're going through a storm. Believing that the Lord is near. The Lord is our refuge in a storm. The Lord is the light in the middle of darkness. He is walking way above the fray. He's not walking on the water. He's above the water. He's above the fray. He's walking in beauty, in grace, in majesty. He's the one who cares for us. And he's the one, actually, he wants us to succeed. So many people think God wants us to fail. No, God wants you to succeed. He wants you to pass the test. He wants you to pass the pop quiz. He wants to give you a good mark. He wants to give you a well done, good and faithful servant. He is ever present in our time of trouble. There is a storm that's coming, my brothers and sisters, a storm that is brewing, a great storm. A great storm that will hit this earth like no other. It'll make what we're going through right now seem like child's play. It is a massive storm of great proportions. It's bigger than hurricanes, bigger than earthquakes, bigger than fires, bigger than all the destruction things that are coming right now. Jesus called it the great tribulation. And it is coming. It is fast approaching. And if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, you're going to have to go through that. If you haven't put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're going to have to go through that time of great woe. Greater woe than the world has ever seen. Many, many, many will die. Many will die. But many will be saved too. Now, if you want to wait until then, go ahead. I'm not waiting. I'm trusting my Savior right now. I'm trusting in the words that he promises, I will never leave nor forsake you. And if you look at what it says in the Greek, it says, I will not leave you. I will never, no, never forsake you. That's how the Greek reads. I will not not leave you. I will never, no, never forsake you. Think about that. That's the Lord telling us that. Listen to this great quote from Spurgeon. I have to give it to you. Quote, I cannot under the influence of this grand text find room for doubt or fear. I cannot understand here and be miserable tonight. I am not going to attempt such a thing, but I cannot be despondent with such a text as this. I will never leave thee nor forsake you. I defy the devil himself to mention circumstances under which I ought to be miserable if this text is true. Child of God, nothing ought to make you unhappy when you realize this precious text. You may be thinking of yourself, what did I do to deserve this? Sometimes what makes a situation even harder is that it's possible that you haven't done anything wrong, like we said before. And even though you've been faithful, you find yourself in the middle of a storm. Maybe you feel like you're all alone. Christ is saying you're not alone. He's with you. He's with you. In the eye of the storm, Lord, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, Lord, you guard my soul. Lord, you alone are my anchor when my sails are torn. Why? Because your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Amen? You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.